0: I had developed some limiting beliefs around, oh man, I, I'm the one that always has to do everything. And this probably came from some a little bit of childhood stuff too, but I think it's easy based on how you grew up to say, man, if I'm going to do it, it's going to be on me. Yeah, And that was definitely my story. Like, And so as a result, I've had challenges throughout the years like asking for help because I had this limiting belief that if it was going to be done or if it was going to be done well or if it was going to be done right, that I had to be the one to do it. And then that created a whole series of challenges in my success journey that I'm still working through.
1: Hello and welcome. This is Brian Delaney with Unlock Potential, where we get together with top experts in their field who have simple, profound advice to help you and I live better lives, to be able to be more fit to serve the people around us and answer that question. The question that nags within all of us How good can I be and how great can I make it for people around me? Hello and welcome to Unlock Potential with Brian Delaney. Happy to be with another guest who we're gonna break down the simple principles of living your best life well with other people and maximizing what you bring to the table. Unlock the potential unlock the, uh, the ability to feel great and help other people do the same thing. So I'm joined by my guest today, Cicely Newsom. She is one of the most profound communicators that I have gotten a chance to be in business with. And she has been awesome as far as her influence to others to help people do just that. She's acted as a guide by the side for so many people to not only knock down their barriers, but build the bridges from the life they have to the life they want and incredibly excited for you to join in on this conversation. Awesome! Hey, sis.
0: Hey, what's up, buddy? <laughs> um,
1: fired up to be sitting here with you because we've gotten to sit in a lot of different places in our life in our mm-hmm. business, and uh, and enjoy all the ups and downs. Sometimes more than other, <laughs> sometimes more than others. Um, but first, I think it's important for us to do two things. I want people to. Uh, be able to hear some of your best things. So I'll, I'll set you up with a question, but also to learn uh, where you come from, what your background is. So my first question to you would be, How? what are three practical ways that people can rewire their mindset to bust down the barriers, whether they're in their personal life or business life?
0: Wait, awesome start. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for having me on. I would say, you know, maybe in no particular order, you know, throughout my, I guess, success journey, as you would call it, really the past like decade of my life, uh, had some pretty influential people that reminded me that the first thing that we have to do is really identify where are the limiting beliefs in our life, you know, uh, and that can sometimes be what are the stories that I tell myself most often. Sometimes we have to dig a little deeper for that, but it's like, oh man. You know, uh, I'm always late or, oh man, I'll never have what this person has. Or, you know, no matter how hard I try, things always like seem to go for the worst. So we have to identify the limiting beliefs. So I'd say number one would be that because once we identify what those limiting beliefs are, then number two would be to literally rewrite a better belief. And when I say rewrite it, it's like literally on paper, like "This this is what I've always thought this is the way I want to think. So number two, like really writing out and scripting out what the new narrative is. Uh, and then three, as as odd as it sounds, it's like repeat that, not just in your mind, but read it aloud, um, you know, write it constantly. And so that you begin to like really rewire the, I guess they would call them the neuropathways that have led to that limiting belief. Because I think that what happens is we have, um, we have these beliefs probably from childhood, probably from the places that we were raised, from the people that we were raised by, and we don't understand how influential and deeply rooted those beliefs are and the massive work that it's going to take to undo those and replace them with better beliefs.
1: I, I love that so much because it's, I had... Uh, really dear friend of mine and a mentor say we live by stories Mm -hmm. we live by stories and sometimes those stories are supportive and sometimes there's part of those stories that need to be rewritten and I feel like that's the journey from you know whatever it is to adulthood from childhood to adulthood from dependence to independence uh, to uh, being able to build great relationships for you when you talk about some of those beliefs or some of those stories that you've had to rewrite what have what have some of those been for you and what are they now
0: yeah sure you know um I think it f- probably for me it started with just the sort of like the lineage in which I grew up it start I think it started as a child like it starts at home it starts f- whatever your story was of Maybe you grew up in a great household, maybe you didn't. I, I grew up in a loving family, but never a financially stable family. And so I had this, you know, I had this story or set of stories that were like, hey, you know, um, one really positive story is that you don't need money to have love. You know, that was that was great. Or support. And that, that, that was huge to build the foundation for me as a confident woman, even though I wasn't necessarily financially confident growing up. And that was not modeled for me. But I was a confident woman. Um, because I had been raised around, like, you don't need money to have love and support. Um, I think that, you know, from there, though, the stories around being enough, having enough, will I be able to break out of the mold that I feel like was sort of cast for my life? You know, um, the whole classic thing of, like, staying in the hometown that you grew up in. And I had, like, a very clear set of circumstances as a teenager that made it clear that, like, I needed to get out of the place where I grew up. And, uh, and that was a mission that was cast for me at like age 16 where, you know, I knew that I had to get out. Um, and and I, I so some beliefs that I had were if I don't, then this thing might happen. Or if I don't do this, then my life will go down this path. And that was actually a really positive limiting belief to have yeah. because it forced me to say, okay, like these things will be true if you stay here. Yeah. So you are limited here. And you need to change that in order to be able to get to the next level. Uh, other limiting beliefs, I think, can happen even around our relationships with people, especially if you're in a partnership with a spouse or maybe with your kids. But for me, you know, um, I had developed some limiting beliefs around, oh, man, I, I'm the one that always has to do everything. Mm. And this probably came from some a little bit of childhood stuff, too. But I think it's easy based on how you grew up to say, man, if I'm going to do it, it's going to be on me. Yeah. And that was definitely my story. Like, and so as a result, I've had challenges throughout the years, like asking for help because I had this limiting belief that if it was going to be done or if it was gonna be done well, or if it was gonna be done right, that I had to be the one to do it. And then that created a whole series of challenges in my success journey that I'm still working through.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. Well, it's like, it's crazy how these things just build on each other, isn't it? It's like, I wanna, uh, you know, it's important for me to be viewed as competent Right, so I do things that make me viewed as comp uh, competent, and in order to not be viewed as uh, incompetent, or in order to uh, to be viewed the correct way, I can't ask for help. And so, not only do I try to look competent, but then I don't ask for help, and then I'm like, "Why am I always all alone?" It's yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> just like uh, I don't know. Maybe because you built the prison, then step in it and close <laughs> yourself. Your and right, so yeah. no, it's 100 percent true. And I, I definitely I watched I. I it's so cool to be on a journey with people over time because I got to watch you break down these beliefs, like almost to the point where physically breaking down these beliefs. I remember we are on the, uh, we are on the, uh, kind of boardwalk right next to, if you can call that right next to the Ohio river in Cincinnati. I don't know if they have a boardwalk, <laughs> maybe it's a promenade.
0: <laughs> <laughs> sure.
1: Uh, but I was running with you guys and we were out doing the, we we're out exercising and doing the things that we knew. You got to start the day strong to, to finish strong. And uh, I see uh, you and your husband, heirs both pounding your chest mm-hmm. saying, I am a money magnet, mm-hmm. right? Success doesn't come to me. It flows through me, right? Just like watching you retell these stories to yourself and the universe mm-hmm. at the same time. And after that, I saw the story actually start to come true. Where those stories went from inside of you to a manifestation outside of you, talk a little bit about your process that, uh, how you process that, and how you got away from like. Because the first times I did that, I was like, I saw you guys doing that, I was like, well, that's super embarrassing. Like, I would never do that. And then I found out that I had to choose between like, uh, like cool and broke and (laughs) and all all of that. So. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I'll definitely attribute it to uh, Anthony Robbins and some of his work, which he learned from Jim Rohn, which he learned, you know, the, the, all the greats. But I think the power of affirmations is very real, and I've seen it play out in my life because, you know, I think we we're constantly talking to ourselves, Yeah. right? We're we're talking to ourselves more than we we're talking to anyone else. We're constantly telling ourselves those stories. We're we're affirming those limiting beliefs that we had. And, um, I got to a point where, you know, life wasn't unfolding as I thought it should. And so I knew that there was going to be change that needed to happen. And I also knew that, you know, even at the time I knew that in order to get different, I was going to have to do different. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so then when the idea was introduced to me to like, literally like speak out loud the things that you want to happen in your life, I was like, okay, I, you know, I'm not a shy person. I can get behind that. I did theater in school. Like I can, you know, like I can put on a show for myself every day. Yeah. And, um, and then you start to immediately, like even just the reverberation, I think ancient traditions talk about sound and sound healing and sound therapy and vibration. And, uh, it's amazing once you start, you know, it's one thing to write something down. I will, you know, I will be wealthy, you know, wealth flows to me in avalanches of abundance, you know. But it's another thing to physiologically hear your body making a sound that is, like, a sound that is telling you who who you are. Yeah. Like, who you're going to be, you know. And um, I don't know if I'm really saying that super well, but for me, this idea of, like, okay, let's start out small. Oh, every day in every way, I'm feeling... Stronger and stronger if you're trying to get fit and go to the gym every day and every way I'm feeling brighter and brighter every day in every way I'm more and more outrageous you know and then you start to kind of laugh at yourself saying that ah. you know a I feel really good after I do these things and B who cares what these other people think about me as I'm walking on the boardwalk saying them because I've I know a secret that they don't know which is that I am on a path to change my life and if you know, they don't know that path. And so I don't care. I don't care what they think or what they say. Now, again, going back to that confidence thing as a child, you know, I was the only girl, I was the middle child, I got plenty of attention, all the attention that I wanted. So I didn't grow up as a shy person. So it didn't bother me to act unusual or be unusual or say unusual things that would draw attention. I was like, ah, let's just see if it works. But then On a more serious note what begins to happen is when you really anchor these affirmations into your life by saying them out loud you start to create new pathways Mm -hmm. and then you know when given the choice uh, one of our dear mentors once said you know every time something happens your brain is going to put a file into the filing cabinet yeah and the next time that thing happens whether it's good or bad your brain is going to go to that file and say oh this is what i do when when it gets hard, I, whatever the file says, when it gets hard, I persevere, when it gets hard, I quit when it. And so these affirmations really just helped me completely wipe out the old files and start replacing them with better files so that I just had more resources in my filing cabinet when things got hard or when I met challenges.
1: So good. And went, went, huh, there's so much there to unpack because that. Both of those profound things, both the affirmations for me, me learning that if it, it was so many times in, our, in my life, I've been like, well, why won't you believe me? Mm-hmm. But really the belief I wanted to get from other people was something I was unwilling to give myself. Yeah. And so I didn't even buy it. I, need, I needed other people to buy it. So I would. Right. And, and so when I started to buy it, that was when things changed. Not when other people believed in me, but when I started doing things that were believable. So fair. Yeah. That's when it changed. And the other thing you said is just about that vibrational pattern, right? That and and I was watching a podcast recently, and they were talking about what they were uh, talking about. One of the ways that that potentially moved limestone outside of aliens and all that Mm -hmm. stuff moved the limestone five miles up from the quarry onto the Great Pyramids was because they understood something that we don't understand, which is vibration. Mm. It's a very simple concept that my phone is this difficult to push when it's like this, or this book is that difficult. But if my phone was vibrating right now, it would take far less effort to move. And so when we're in a position where we actually start to create this vibration, movement is that much easier. We start to break apart from this place where we have all of this tension because the tension in front of us expects us to be as still as it is. But when we start to vibrate on those right patterns, all of a sudden we start to break apart the things around us that have been withholding these great things from us literally because it was just waiting for some movement. And that movement can be as small as a vibration, a vibration of something we say, something we proclaim, and finally something we accept with action.
0: Because I think also from that, like vibration signifies that there's action yeah. being taken. That's right. And just going back to, you know, a success journey for anyone, it's like, you know, plenty of times where, you know, the limiting belief sets in. I, you know, I believe my, yeah, I believe it because it's a limiting belief and you know, I, I believe it it stops me in my tracks. It prevents me from movement or taking action because I'm, f- I'm frozen by this belief. Yep. And how do I get unstuck? Mm-hmm. Action, movement, vibration. And so it's like even back to moments where you're like, well, yeah, we've all got limiting beliefs and affirmations sound great, Cicely, but where do I start? It's like, just start with something. Just start sure. with like, I, you know, like when in school and the teachers would say, if you don't know what to write, just write. I am stuck. I am stuck. I am stuck. Yeah. It's the same kind of thing. If you get stuck in a place where you don't know where to take action or how to take action, any sort of movement is progress because it's vibration.
1: That's right. Yeah. I love the I love the school analogy because every morning when we were in school, they would call your name and you would have to say present. Even if you start doing that every day, sure. like <laughs> sit up from the bed and say, I'm pres-. present. <laughs> we, we both saw John Maxwell speak, yes. and he said, Say, do it now 50 times before you get out of bed. Do it now, do it now, do it until you're at that place where I cannot sit here any longer. Yeah. Like, I no longer cannot move, mm-hmm. right? I have to move. And yeah. I remember seeing one of these times, and we'll edit this out if you don't want to share this, but with, with, <laughs> with you and your husband, Ayers. And I had been coaching you guys for a little bit in the business and you had made some great progress. Effectiveness was on the table, mm-hmm. which is one of the first things that I always look for. I, can these people be effective? No matter what the excuses are, can they put those aside long enough to be effective? And you, you both had come from a place where you had been successful before mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. You had time, you had uh, travel freedom. You were both great at your career uh, in the restaurant industry and well respected and known by so many people. In fact, when you walked, when uh, airs walked in for an interview for the first time, there was another gentleman who was in the midst of building his agency at the same time I was. Who said, "Who said? How do you know them?" I was like, "I don't know them." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so well known, um, but you you had, you, had run, you you had run into a roadblock. You you both had run into this place of resistance, and there was a choice. And inside of that choice were two pathways and the choice was do we keep the money we have and make a payment to our mortgage company to our cell phone company do we keep the money we have and make a payment which means there's nothing that's coming in after that or do we take the money we have and turn it into a seed turn it into an investment and in order to make that decision you had to decide whether you guys were worth investing in or not yeah. or was a mortgage company going to be the better investment yeah. and I love watching that because I see that as one of the watershed moments in your career in your leadership journey when you decided that I'm the best investment I'm going to push my chips across the table on myself and do that time and time again because that's one of many times that I've, I saw that pattern talk about your you know, what that was like for you, what that time was like and what that taught you.
0: Sure, yeah. Um, you know, I think from a foundational standpoint, we, we had the belief in the people around us. So I don't want that to go unnoticed that uh, in those moments with you as our mentor and as our business partner and, and other people around us as well, there was a, an energy of belief that we could do it. Yep. You know, uh, even if even if one has a level of self belief that says, you know, I'll win at anything I do, because I think I I've, I've carried that sentiment with me through life. It's like I'll I'll win whatever it is. Like, you know, I'll I'll make it through. You know, I'm I'm self reliant, but having a foundation of uh, other people that believed in us in that moment was huge. So I think you know, definitely one. If I haven't a million times, I want to say thank you for that. Yeah. You know. Um, Absolutely. But from there, when you've got, you know, when you've got the people around you that you love and respect that are like, just jump. Like, if you can do it. Like, just just do it. You know, there was a level of safety there. And at the same time, I definitely think it was a watershed moment because it was the first time where I felt like betting on myself had such consequence if I, if I made the wrong bet,
1: oh, you know? That's, that's interesting.
0: Because yeah. it was like, at that time as an adult, it's like, okay, well, you know, I knew enough to know, like, the mortgage company, that's a big deal. It's yeah. one thing to be like laid on your water bill. It's another thing to be laid on your mortgage. Yeah. Yeah. Three months behind for a year. <laughs> you know, like yeah. these, these times over and over again. I remember that, that specific year was the hardest year in business, you know, and in marriage because we were, to, you know, a, a couple at that point, but saying like, you know, if you, if you don't bet on yourself in this moment, what are you guaranteed to get? You know, versus like, if I do bet on myself in this moment, what potential will I unlock? Yeah. And, you know, that made the choice relatively easy in that moment, even though it was like, well, you know, will I lose my home? Will our cell phone bill be cut off? Like, how will I know that this investment in myself and in my business is going to have a return on it? And the thing is that scary is like, we won't often know that until after we've taken the leap after we've taken the bet you know and so it really opened a different side of me that once I did it that one time like once I made that decision like okay you know we invest in the business we we get some marketing you know we get some leads so that we can go out and earn some money but if I don't buy the leads and I'm definitely not going to earn any money my phone's going to be cut off anyway (laughs)
1: either
0: way my phone's cut off (laughs) it'll either be cut off with like no scenes to plant, or it will be cut off with scenes to plant, you know. But I think overall, like, it created a, a pathway for me that said, if you can do it this time, you can do it again. You can do it again. And it created a resilience in me and also a resilience in my husband that said, yes, like, we bet on ourselves, and it worked. I'm willing to bet at all at this point. And uh, I think time and time and time again, as business owners, we just have to be able to do that. Yeah, you know. Otherwise, we stay we can stay safe and we can stay secure with certainty. Um, but I think with that, we're capped on potential.
1: Yeah, yeah. Especially when somebody else is providing that certainty, <laughs> right? When yeah. and and what I saw you do, and what I continue to see you do in the journey is to accept the uncertainty that is around you and create certainty for other people around you through your actions. And that's, that's a powerful thing because I think most people in those circumstances, they've got a greater, their, their story of potential failure carries way more weight than their vision of victory. Yeah. Right? The, the, sto- the, the compelling fear of being a victim in a circumstance and being able to have other people take advantage or be worried about what are the things that we can't control and how are those going to cause us to lose that often is much more elaborate and much more clear than the vision of what if it works i i love that we, you and i both have a a friend and mentor in marshall wayland who always asks one simple question uh, he's he said, What would you do now if you knew you couldn't lose? Mm-hmm. If you knew you couldn't lose. And I think I think hope is such a powerful thing and both you and, and my wife Tori sh- share that same front man energy. You, you you have that you have that confidence that says, I'm gonna win. I'm just gonna find out who I'm gonna have to kill or help in <laughs> order what, anyway. what I'm gonna have to move <laughs> out of the way. And so
0: Um, I think that something that's interesting around that thing, though, is that that idea is that also I think we're more afraid oftentimes of success than we are of failure because failure we know. Failure is like more comfortable because most of us have been in that place. And so I think there's other places where we can self-sabotage. You know, we can can bet on ourselves, and that's a great thing, but when we bet on ourselves— Sometimes we can fall backwards from that because we say like, ooh, you know, like I'm really familiar with what failure looks like, but I'm not so sure what who I'm going to have to become if it actually works out. And so that's what keeps us from taking the leap. It's not so much like, I want to be successful. No, I'd rather just be mediocre. I'll stay back and not risk. It's like afraid of what we might have to become or who we might have to become and what we may have to do in that unfamiliar place of the next level for us. Whereas like, Failure is like, it's, it's so prevalent in our society and in our messaging. And it's like, oh, I know what that's all about.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so before before you and I started working together, I know you had gone down multiple paths, including uh, looking at real estate investment and becoming successful in that arena and really uh, achieving a lot of those early successes in that realm. And uh, some those principles of success, of course, carry over. Uh, but then you put yourself into a new position kind of an unwanted at first position and then you it was something that you you saw and you deeply desired to win in that arena and I saw you come in and you won early right you won early I, I think it was your first week that you blew my best week out of the water <laughs> and so I was just <laughs> frustrating and liberating at the same time for me I suppose <laughs> right, and there's a later question are you know, champagne is necessary for success. I say yes, <laughs> yeah. and I might be looking for a sponsorship Definitely eventually. Yes. But yeah. <laughs> so, I'm with you on that. Um, but when it when it comes to what were some of the principles that you found that carried over from your previous successes in the restaurant business, in real estate investment, as well as now at building your own insurance agency, building more brands out, helping more people to become successful. Sure,
0: uh, principles. You know. Such a great question, I think some of the principles for sure um have been built on curiosity mm. um staying very curious, obviously with myself, but with people, you know, and that that's that goes across all of the 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 things that I've done that you just named you know a curiosity and a hunger of just like getting to know more about a thing about a real estate deal, about where this little lady used to live before she abandoned this beautiful home. You know, like all of these little things like um, a curiosity around people and a curiosity around events. Now, my husband will say that it's like one of these things where I hate to be told no and so I won't accept no for an answer, but I won't. Yeah. And that's that's been a principle that I feel like has really helped me is like I, I am very slow to take no for an answer. Mm-hmm. Um, so a curiosity is, I think, curiosity has been great for me. Um, I think another one is, uh, just humility around success or humility around, you know, the, the, the hype that people will tell you, like, you know, know, in the restaurant business, it was like, Oh, is this your restaurant? Or, Oh, like, you know, this so well, or, you know, Oh, you're so good at what it is that you do. But I think just staying humble has been big for me because i as much as I love praise, I think we all do. I also don't want people to idolize me instead of like seeing the light in themselves, yeah, so I've tried to always just be like reflective back onto people of the things like that they see in themselves, yeah. and it's like, man, if you're saying this about me, it's really just because I'm reflecting back onto you the thing that you know that you're saying, yeah, um I think also, um. Principles in terms of I'm trying to think like across across all the different things that I've done, but specifically in the insurance business, there is um, a belief in systems, but there's also like a belief in people. And starting with myself, but I think that just just trusting that if other people have shown me the path, that I can do that thing, you know. And that all I have to do is be humble enough and be coachable enough to follow the instruction until I can tweak it and innovate it in ways that I want to. And I did that in, you know, the real estate game. I did that in green building, which is a prior career of mine. And I did that in the insurance business as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think what else. like. And am I, am I forgetting something that you really like? Have okay.
1: I'm just trying to be curious. Yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna. T- I'm not gonna take no for an answer. So uh, that's. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's Well. So that's that. That sparked it enough for me as well. Is that I always have like a primary question around how can I make things better, and um, and I think we all have a primary question that we walk around life asking, whether we know what it is or not. How can I be loved? Or You know, like, how can I make, you know, how can I make this better is mine. And so every time that I go into a situation or a relationship or a process or a business or a transaction, I'm always saying, like, how can I improve upon this and make it better? And I think that that has carried me really far.
1: I think that value focus is something that's so easy to miss, especially when we're uh, coming from a place of instability. It's uh, the value focus that you have is how much value can I add? where can I add value? Who can I add value to? Um, and you know value will return.
0: It's just one of those, uh, what was the, I'm going to forget the book just because I'm on the spot here, but it was just this idea of um, going above and beyond the value that I'm adding, even if I don't know if I'm going to get a return on that. Mm-hmm. You know, Because I know that at the end of the day that I'll walk away saying like, not only did I get my best, I gave my best plus plus, And then therefore... You know, I'm going to show people that regardless of the value that I receive from you, I'm willing to give even more than I need to receive. And uh, and there's several authors that talk about talk about this, you know, um, Napoleon Hill talks about it and think and grow rich, you know, and then on up from there. But I think um, approaching a new career, it, instead of just saying like, hey, what's in it for me or what can I take from this or what can I get out of this? Just say, like, how can I show my value, improve my value in the marketplace? And un- whether you consider it unfortunate or fortunate, it's like you get the opportunity to show that. And if you go in not expecting anything return yeah. in return, then it just feels good. Oh yeah, it feels good because again, you're putting another file in your file cabinet that says, "When tasked with something, I go above and beyond." Or when given responsibility, I steward that. Or you know, on and on. You can think of many files to put in there.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I I think that's really key and one of the things that I saw in you that's very unusual and I think we see it in a lot of people who are successful is even though they've had success in the past they're willing to be a beginner again. Mm-hmm. They're willing to be that beginner who asks questions, who gets curious until they work themselves up to being an equal and then allowing uh, and then getting their full expression mm-hmm. of what they have of value how they can bring themselves in a valuable way to others and i think that that's one thing that people miss and that's something that i've missed before where i come into a situation i say i have to show them how much i know i have got to be right i can't be embarrassed right and as as if embarrassment and ego were the opportunity rather than uh this time that we get to learn and we get to be new at something and we get a fresh start. And that's, that's something that I see you do on a regular basis. And I, I believe it has to do with curiosity. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know you you and Ayers introduced me quite a bit and, and really uh, turned me on to some of this self-development, right? More than just professional development. I had done a bit of self-development before I came here, but I saw you both, you know, go to events, walk over calls, you know, bring yourselves with en- energy, build vision, and really make that investment in, in each other and in yourselves in order, to, um, in order to make your life better, right? Because you deserve it. Um, what, was, what do you see as the difference between somebody who's more hesitant to reach in their pocket? Like, we, I don't have anything to sell anybody. Right? right? But just in general, like for those people who are thinking about, oh, maybe I should go to the seminar or maybe I should even just as simple as invest in a book, you know, um, or uh, take take a class, whether it's on personal or professional, what do you see as a difference between the type of people who make that investment mm-hmm. and who don't on the front end and after?
0: Yeah, I think that if you if you want to be taken seriously in the marketplace, then then how how do you expect someone to take you seriously? If you don't even take yourself seriously enough to like put that investment in, you know? I mean, we go to chiropractors to maintain our spinal systems. We go to mechanics to maintain our cars. We go to, you know, maybe some therapists to maintain our minds. You know, we go to the gym to maintain our bodies, but like there there's this place where we have this like reluctance to investing in ourselves for the for the sake of self development, and I think that um, I think that the difference is that people that truly take themselves seriously that they have something to to offer to the world, or um, people that feel like that they are owed something, and so they're just going to sit back and wait for. You know, their, their shining moment of glory when they finally get, you know, I, I don't know, they get, on the, they get on the stage or they, you know, they get recognized for the hard work that they've been doing, but they haven't really shown anybody in their world that they're serious about growing themselves. And I just think that, you know, the, the world, the market, whatever you want to call it, won't take you seriously unless there's evidence that you're putting in that work first. And so, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm articulating it well, even though you said I was a master communicator. Uh-oh. <laughs> On no. the spot. No, oh, I know. But I, I think it's something around, um, well, one of two things. Either we're afraid of what we're going to find when we go in. <laughs> I think that's so big. We're afraid of what we're going to find. So, it's easier just to keep everything superficial and just to, to maybe blame circumstances or talk about circumstances instead of taking true ownership. So, maybe we're afraid of what we're going to find. Um, you know, maybe we are surrounded by people that are sadly trying, even subconsciously, to keep us small. Mm. You know, I remember, um, I remember my grandmother when I was 18 and I was like, I'd chosen the college that I was going to and I was going off to college. And when my grandmother found out that I was going off to college, her words were, Why do you want to do that? You should just stay here and help take care of your mother. that was like my grandmother, you know, and you know, and I'm sure she didn't mean harm to me. She, she loved me. But in that, in that moment, she wanted to sort of keep me small because who knows what would happen if I went off into the big wide world and learned something, you know? And so it's just little things like that. We constantly have those voices that are around us that say, "Mm, why do you want to do that? Wouldn't it be just much easier to just not do that thing and pay attention to me instead? Or we're afraid that um, that those people in our life are afraid they're going to lose connection with us. Right. And we're afraid that we're going to lose connection. Yep. You know, what if I can't relate to my grandmother anymore because I go off and, you know, I learn something and then I, I judge her for her choices in her life, you know? So I think that there's a bunch of reasons why. Um, but I think the biggest difference in someone who's choosing to versus someone who's not is just. Uh, starting with a self belief and saying that like I am I am worth it, mm-hmm. but I want to go out there into the world and I want to have, um,
1: I don't know, I, yeah, I'll just just cut that part. That was that was a rambling last few minutes. No, I, I honestly, I I I don't want I, I I wouldn't want to because I I think you're exactly right. And when I was first on a growth journey, first getting to, from a place because you and I share a lot in common. I knew by the time I was 16, I had to get the F out of where I was living. I had to leave yeah. as quickly as possible because I kept hearing these stories of people who hated the place that they decided to live in. Mm. And they had decided to do it, not actively, but passively just by staying. Yeah. And then more and more things kept them there over time. And the people around me who loved me, they didn't want me to stay small. They wanted me to stay safe because they cared deeply for me. Sure. They and they knew what happened when people leave. And it's not untrue that people lose connection. And uh, even up to recently, one of my biggest limiting beliefs has been that, what if I grow and I grow away, or I kind of grow out of the relationships that that are the most important to me? And I always find behind a fear, there's a low quality question just asking to be replaced by a higher quality question. Like if I could only replace that higher quality question that I would be liberated because questions shouldn't be confining. They should be liberating, right? Because we get back to this curiosity phase that you were just talking about. And I had to replace that with a better question of, what if through my inaction, I don't give those people a choice to grow or not to? Mm. And I had to realize that I was trying to keep them safe rather than just giving them the choice by demonstrating what both look like by demonstrating not only who I was, but who I could be, where I was, but where I could be. And that's led me to an adventurous full life where I've been able to have a lot of fun. I've been able to be in a place where, of course, make a lot of money and build relationships that I trust and value where I can say, this person is my best friend and business partner Mm -hmm. and a mentor and like all that stuff wrapped up into one person because people are, it's just like really full relationships, mm-hmm. and so I think that one of the one of the things that always attracted me uh, to you and just has allowed our relationship to flourish is fun. Yeah. Um, I remember the first time, just a that little fun. bit, just a little, just a little bit of fun. <laughs> uh, and I think people disregard that, right? They mm-hmm. they they see though they see the words recreation and recreation, and they're like. It- they're like, no, those two things must be different. I know they're spelled the same, but they must be sure. like recreation and recreation can't have anything to do with each other. Like, I but I'm trying to make myself into something new, but it's gotta be serious. Like, yeah. and it sucks. Right. It's just, it's just like it's crap. And and I remember going to the uh to the Ritz in St. Thomas and you guys checking in and just like scraping in there, but then having one of the most wonderful times in Trunk Bay. Where one of the most beautiful beaches in the world, and most importantly, we made it one of the most fun beaches in the yeah, world, right? And yeah. just the different travels that I've gotten to do—sometimes with you and airs, sometimes just with you, sometimes just with airs—even making the most mundane things like a Best Western wherever we were in Baltimore—that <laughs> was uh, where you had to like rent out the room by you know in forty-eight half hours to get a day. <laughs> right? yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. They were, uh, I was, but we had fun. To you, what is the importance of fun and play in rebuilding yourself and building business?
0: Mm. It's a great question, Brian. Isn't life just so serious? And don't we just take ourselves so seriously? You know, I think that that's just, I mean, Mm -hmm. life is just, I think so many of us lose this idea of an imagination as soon as we get out of probably elementary school, yeah, you know, like because elementary school, we move into middle school. And now we're thinking more about how we're perceived. And so we're a little less fun. And then high school, forget it. It's like a hundred percent how people perceive us. And then we just like carry that into the, into the world. So, you know, built, building businesses and building relationships around this idea of like having fun, man, I mean, that's, that's, that's a core value, core value, number one for me, because. First of all, I feel like I want to attract playful people in my life. Mm-hmm. And um, and so as with anything else, what, what better way to attract than to be the thing that I'm trying to attract? And so it's like, you know, I get to remind myself that none of this is too serious. This is all a, a very short life in the broad scheme of things. Why not have the most fun that we can have? Because I will also get to learn about people through those experiences i'll get to learn like who's willing to take some risk who's 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 the one that's constantly like second guessing their own ability who's the one that is um willing to have more fun than any of us even want to have and should have you know like there i think that there's how people play is reflective of how they will do business
1: yeah
0: you know and it's it's about risk it's about reward it's about temperament it's about discipline and discretion but in the middle of all of that, like, let's just take it to the edge and have the most fun that we can have. Because if I'm gonna, you know, what we know about business is not an, it's not a nine to five. It's not a 40 hour a week thing where we can just turn it off and close the door and walk in the next day and pick it back up again. Like it's constantly with us, But being a business owner, it's constantly with us. So I want it to be constantly as fun as it can be surrounding myself with the people that are having that fun. Cause we learn, I think we learn just as much about how people play Um, In business, as we we learn, like
1: watching them work. That's right. That's right. And I, I, for me, in order for me to get the best out of me, I've got to gamify it. Yeah. I've got to turn mundane things into some sort of game where I'm competing with myself or I'm competing with some person who doesn't even know i'm competing with them right it's like whether it's driving a car across canada's i'm i'm having a race and this person doesn't know they're getting involved but i'm gonna whoop their ass right (laughs) or dialing dialing leads or or like uh you know putting time constraints around things in order so that it becomes a competition in order so that i can have fun doing mundane things because i think that's what you know if we want to see excellence defined one of those parts is being able to do the mundane things with a level of excitement and emotional wholeness that other people can't bring, yeah, and for sure. uh, and for us that fun has sometimes just been like completely like just hanging out and getting to do uh, getting to do uh, things personally together, and wh- whether it's been out on a boat or. Uh, on a beach somewhere, or just living it up, uh, playing dodgeball, in a whatever. Nissan
0: Sentra, like you know, <laughs> in the <laughs> Nissan
1: Sentra, I'm driving around,
0: and up.
1: Or it's been business where we've been working together, collaborating together, pushing each other, getting the best out of each other, and I'm absolutely convinced that most people's business doesn't need more from them. It needs more of them. And without fun, without play being in there, you're just withholding a necessary piece that your business, your life, your relationships are begging for. And I feel like you've demonstrated that. And that's, to me, that to me is a powerful example.
0: I was thinking, thank you, Brian, a moment ago, really boiling it down to, you know, I'm, Competitive. I didn't really realize how competitive I was until I got into like a true like commission only sales environment. But I think more than anything, like I want to see people winning with me. Yeah, you know, and, and it really drives everything that I do. Even back to the vulnerability piece of like starting something and being brand new at something all over again. Uh, and, and in leadership, it's like, man, if I can, um, if I can have fun with people, and then I can through that, they see me winning and then they can get further along in their journey to win. Even when it comes to like being crazy or doing playful things, like if I can get a sense of like who I want to win with and then I can create environments where it's not just me winning, it's like everybody getting to win together. Mm -hmm. You know, that for me is the ultimate goal of business and being in business with others.
1: That's right, everybody from your clients yeah to your partners as you're growing your business everything that's um yeah and i you know i've seen you uh i've seen you do uh tina turner karaoke uh, full out full out playing full out like and and that's that's a big thing that has always attracted me to you and to our partnership and our friendship is being able to do that whether it's dinners together Uh, during covid or whatever it is just like always being able to end the night with that laugh and just like a deeper relationship and that's that to me is a profound thing and it, it like if anybody was to get anything out of this conversation it's to build relationships like these to build relationships of where you trust people where you get to have fun with people where you get to uh recreate recreate together and um and the um The thing that I love now is just like, I'm get this is meant to be a platform for people who have such important things to say and they live those out, they demonstrate those, and other people need to hear from them and need to see them. And I know you're on your the beginning of your journey of becoming like getting that message out more publicly, really sharing your heart with people living. Living that out more publicly, where can people find you and, and join you on that journey?
0: Uh, thanks. Uh, so, uh, Instagram handle Sicily New. There's definitely some rebirth happening for myself as well. So, Sicily New, C I C I L Y N E W, Sicily New on Instagram. Um, LifeGolden.com. Uh, so, L I F E G O L D E N. LifeGolden.com is a really fun just uh, rebranding of our insurance agency. Mm-hmm. And uh, you'll be able to find certainly how to, you know, what we do and who we are. But keep an eye on Life Golden hashtag as well, because we're growing a brand just beyond just life insurance. It's truly been a golden life uh, the past decade with you, Brian, being in business. And uh, we're excited to just continue to encapsulate what that means for others and ensure that other people have a golden life as well. (laughs)
1: Love it. Love it. And thank you all for joining our conversation and just look forward to this being the first of many conversations uh, with Sicily, and getting to bring heirs into it. And uh, that's a that's a whole another ball of fun that, that he brings to oh the table. My gosh, so yeah. once we can afford three chairs here, <laughs> we'll bring him in. But yeah, thank you all for joining us. And uh, yeah, look forward to our next conversation uh, that you get to be a part of and that we get to build together. Thank you all for joining our conversations. We're developing this platform for simple, profound tools and techniques that can help you get the best out of your life and more importantly, unlock potential. You can find me across all social platforms at The Brian Delaney and online. Come visit us at thebriandelaney.com.